0: Future Proof Extra
1: with Jonathan McRae,
0: proudly supported
1: by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, it can't have passed you that we are in an energy crisis and we are trying to come up with as many novel ideas to glean energy from wherever we can get it. But could we take it from thin air? Well, a new device from the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, uh, claims to be able to do just that. Dr. Jane Yao is an associate professor at the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering there. He joins me now. Welcome to the program, uh, Jane. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about um, your research and what you're looking into? Oh,
0: hey. Nice to speak uh, with you. Uh, We are generally a research group. We call the sitting at the boundary between uh, bio-system and electronics. So, so we do lots of bio-inspired uh, biomimetic engineering. But of course, for this specific topic, we try to uh, find a new uh, clean energy source. And of course, this uh, device called AirGen is one of the type, and the, which makes us really exciting about future possibility. And I certainly can introduce a little bit more
1: of the device and how it works, you know, uh, along the line. So, um, this is this air gen. What exactly does it do, and how does it
0: do it? So, it's a device. Air gen is short for air generator, which means that it uh, gets electricity from the thin air. So, how does it work? Uh, one is that, of course, the air needs to contain electricity. Now, this is not that difficult to understand because during the thunderstorm, right, we see lightning coming from the sky. So that actually is a very uh, clear evidence in our daily life that the air actually contains electricity, in fact, a huge amount. Two is that uh, how are we going to get this type of uh, charge? Uh, essentially, that actually it's associated with the water molecule uh, in the
1: air. So, so, so before uh, you before uh, you continue, Jane. Um, yes, it, it, isn't is it, um, Isn't it the case that there is obviously a lot more charged particles in the the situation of a thunderstorm than there might be on a, a dry uh, day in uh, in mid December? Uh, it, it does the amount of electricity in the air depend on the environmental? Um, aspect of, of the weather?
0: Oh, of course. I mean, the the essentially the higher the humidity, uh, the more charge you can get. So this is kind of like the solar panel, right? The, the higher the light intensity, the more electricity you can generate. But it doesn't mean that the solar panel cannot work in the winter time. It just produce less energy. So it's almost the same thing, right? In a humid day, you're going to get the more electricity, the engine, you know, Kind of dry day, uh, you still can get electricity, but of course, relatively
1: less. When when you say uh, humid, does it have something to do with the amount of water in the in, in the air, or is it the fact that in a very humid day you're more likely have to have charged um, particles?
0: Uh, I think it's more about the uh, the amount of water in the air. Um, so. Uh, the water carries a charge by itself. So the more um, amount of water in the air, of course, the more charge you can get. But in the end, you know, it's really the amount of water molecule, water molecule in the air.
1: Okay. So, so you have water molecules in the air. They have a, a charge, um, um, by the fact that they are in the air and exchanging electrons naturally. Um, and you want to try and grab these electrons from the water and turn it into electricity how do you do that
0: so we rely on the type of thin material we call the nanoporous uh, thin film so which means that uh, imagine that you have a thin piece of material you punch many many small holes uh, in it right how small it is so uh, imagine that it, the pore size is uh, ten thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair. So wow. these are these are called nanopores, All right. So now imagine you have a piece of material and it contains uh, that contains billings of those tiny pores, right, uh, across the entire material. So now you can imagine, you know, uh, it's a thin film. It sits on a substrate, which means that you have the top interface that's Uh, exposed to the ambient air, right? whereas the bottom interface actually is uh, buried or actually it's sealed by the substrate. So you can imagine that the water molecule, it's actually smaller than this kind of small pore or nanopore. So they can still penetrate from the top interface to the bottom interface of the material.
1: Okay, no. so so let, let, just to visualise this for listeners at home, you're talking about a, a tiny piece of material that has billions of nanopores, which are extremely small holes that presumably take in the electrons you, that you're talking about. And then you've had this sort of substrate, which is sort of like the, a layer to stick this material on. Um, but ha- how? why do... Why do electrons pass through this, or why do charged particles pass through this? And, and and once you have them, where how do you funnel them to where you want them to go?
0: So uh, uh, what I say is not that directly the charge is going to pass through them. What I say the water molecule is going to pass through oh. uh, these uh, nanopores, right? Now, uh, on the other hand, as I said before, these kind of nanopores, uh, they are very small, right? So you can imagine the water molecule They come in, they can easily bump into the wall of those kind of nanopores before they can travel around, right? So over time, you can imagine that the top interface of the material will be contacted more often than the bottom buried interface, right? Now, we, we stated before, right, the water molecule actually carries charge so when they bump into the material surface they will donate the charge to the material surface right so now you can imagine that since the top interface is bumped more often than the bottom interface so the top interface will receive more charge so over time you see that the, there uh, there will be a charge separation between the top and the body interface. The charge separation leads to uh, the so-called electrical field. Yeah, and that's the case actually why lightning happens because the charge separates uh, in the cloud, right? So you have uh, charge separation in the cloud, and uh, that's almost the same case, all right? In this thin layer of material, you have charge separation between the top and bottom interface. Now you can imagine that if you connect the top and bottom interface. Uh, the charge will flow to kind of, you know, cancel out this kind of imbalance. Right? And, so he, imbalance, and, and so. you have
1: an electrical flow then? Yeah. So if anybody um, like me struggles with electricity, um, I think we'll, we'll leave the, the science of it there. Let's talk about the practical applications of it. So you found a way to get this material. Realistically, how difficult is it to make this material? And what sort of electrical charge can we get per square inch, per square centimetre?
0: Um, I, I think there are actually uh, lots of ways to make uh, these material. Certainly, we are not the trying to punch on, you know, these holes. One is that they are too small. Two is that they are too many. All right, so uh, it's not the convention way to make these materials. But but imagine that we have uh, these kind of called it All right, imagine they are small particles. They are so tiny, uh, and you know, they're suspended, for example, in the solution. So you can drop the solution on a substrate, right? And then let the, for example, the water evaporate. So these kind of nanoparticles, they're going to aggregate by themselves. Now, between these nanoparticles at the the interface, right? Imagine they're tiny little balls, right? And you can naturally imagine that they will Will exist these kind of small pores at the, the interface. So that's a kind of example that how we can make these kind of uh, nano porous material. Right. So ra-
1: rather than rather than using a machine to punch holes in it over and over again because yeah. there are billions of them, you create right. a sort of a, a nano wash uh, that you 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 cover a material in it, and it will create the sort of holes that you're looking for. So okay. So, so that sounds scalable. Um. If if you did that, what what sort of an electrical charge are we are we likely to get? Because we're talking about getting electricity from thin air, which of course is you know it's close to the holy grail. How much charge do we get from a postage stamp size uh, bit of this material? Okay,
0: so uh, you know one thing we we actually needed to uh, understand is that you can pretty much sense that the, the thin air we not give you huge amount of electricity yeah. within uh, the small amount of uh, space, right? Otherwise, we we are gonna be die, right? Because uh, <laughs> we got the ele- electrical shock. Uh, so, so to give you an idea with the size of uh, uh, a fingernail, right, human fingernail, that size and the thickness is about let's say one-fifth the diameter of uh, human hair. So that type of device, a very thin sheet of material. It can give about a uh, microwatt level power, right? That That's kind of a, the power we can, we use to light up a tiny little LED, right? And
1: yeah, but like that, 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 that that's, I mean, considering how small that is, um, that's a that's not an insignificant amount of power because if you were to use this to cover large buildings um uh and have it as uh, presumably the idea is to maybe have it as a paint or or something like that you could really um start racking up those microwatts
0: <laughs> oh correct correct. so that's the beauty of this technology so not the only uh, only so uh you can also stock multiple layers right in the vertical space because humidity it's diffusive it, it covers the entire earth's uh, surface with a very thick layer so so you know you can you know since each thin sheet uh, is so thin right it's yeah. only one fifth of the diameter human here so we did a certain kind of calculation right you can put the for about 100 uh, thousand layers of those material, all right? Stacking them up. And that that can still be below the thickness of a one meter. So that means that if you know in the ideal case, if we can have a kind of one cubic meter box size, all right? That's the size of a conventional home uh, refrigerator. Yeah. Right, that can give out possibly kilowatt uh, level power. So that's getting close to the average household uh, electricity usage so that that becomes really decent right yeah. and uh, so imagine one day you just put in a box of uh, you know of the device in the backyard of your house and anywhere you then wanted to uh you know the space you don't want, right? You just put it there, and it constantly generates electricity. So I think that's the beauty of the technology. What I can imagine in the future, because it, you know, one is that of course it's continuous, uh, 24/7 uh, available, right? It it can be deployed anywhere. Two is that it's not going to compete with our space usage, right? Anywhere you don't use the space. Right. Yeah. You recycle the space for uh, electricity generation. So, so I think that probably uh, is something that uh, we actually didn't have today. For example, solar panel needs to take up entirely exclusively, all right the space. You needed to cut the tree and yeah, <laughs> clean yeah. up everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this thing, you can, you know, sneak it. For example, under your desk. As you said, you can paint on your wall, and you can blending into the natural environment, for example, in the forest, and 24/7, continuously giving out electricity. So I, I think that's that's really the the exciting uh, vision I could see. You know,
1: well, well look, awesome. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work to be done to get to that space, right? Um, but uh, a proof of concept, the idea that we can take the electrical charges that are in water molecules in the air and transfer them. To uh, uh, a material that, that we can actually harness, that is a really really exciting thing. I uh, so you you need to make sure it's robust. You're going to need to make sure that you can scale it and produce it in such a way. So we're years away from uh, using this commercially, but very exciting research and and fascinating. To speak with you, uh, Dr. Jane Howe from the University of Massachusetts. Thanks for your time.
0: Thank you, thank you for the invitation. Future Proof Extra
1: with Jonathan McRae,
0: proudly supported by Science
1: Foundation Ireland on News Talk.